Welcome to this edition of Buy, Hold, Sell, brought to you by Livewire Markets, Australia's number one website for expert investment analysis. Buy, Hold, Sell is a weekly show where two fund managers share their views on a selection of listed companies in their area of expertise. Buyers and sellers are what make the market, and you'll find that our guests don't always agree on the stocks being covered. Hit the subscribe button on your podcast player to be the first to receive new episodes each week. If there are stocks you'd like our guests to discuss, let us know by leaving a comment in the review segment. Remember, the views expressed in this show are not recommendations to invest. You should seek appropriate investment advice before making any investment decisions. And of course, please read the disclaimer in the show's notes. Let's get into the show. Hello and welcome to this thematic discussion brought to you by Livewire Markets. And today we're talking boom or bust in the commodities cycle. It's a very topical part of the market. Two sectors, energy, materials, are top of the pops, but how long can they stay there? And one thing we know is that Australians love their material stocks. It's a big part of the market. And to help me get the story on the rocks, I've got a couple of experts, a couple of rock stars, Luke Smith from Ausbill and Tom Richardson from Paradise. Gents, welcome to the show. Thanks for your time. Thank Thank you, you, James. All righty, we're going to start with a little bit of a game. We asked Livewire readers to tell us what time it was on the famous Lion Selection Resources clock. Uh, Tom, I'll start with you. If you had to give it a time, what time do you reckon it would be and why? Well, I might split it up into energy and materials if that's all right, James. I think for materials, we're probably more like nine o'clock, although this month it's felt a bit like Cinderella crushing into midnight. But I'd say nine o'clock for materials and probably more like 4.30 for energy. I think it's a bit earlier in the cycle. We haven't really had any investment in that sector for some time, so we've probably got a bit more runway on the energy side. All right, let's stay with you. Just dig into that a little bit more. Bullish energy, that's just before the boom at six o'clock. Why are you so positive on the outlook for energy? You've basically had a decade of underinvestment. If you look at that clock, two o'clock was declining exploration, and we've absolutely seen that. Four o'clock was mergers. We ticked that box with BHP and Woodside. And so next up is cash takeovers. Now, we haven't seen any of those yet, but maybe that's coming. But I think the cash generation of those, of those companies is going to be significant. We've got good runway. Uh, there's a bit of a slowing global growth backdrop, which might just put the, uh, uh, the coolers on there for a little bit. But generally speaking, we think we've got good runway there. Okay. Materials. Reckon it's a little bit late, later in the cycle. Talk me through it. Yeah, well, the boom started earlier, didn't it? I mean, 2016 was the low. Uh, we've been sort of five years into this on and off. We've got an energy transition, which is supporting demand, but the supply growth has been a little bit stronger across the board on the, uh, on the commodities uh, side. So we're probably just a little bit later on that one. Luke, same question for you. What time are you going to hedge your bets like Tom or you got a bit more conviction and give us a single number? Yeah, well, I really should have compared notes with Tom before coming in here. But, uh, you know, based on the last month, it, it looks like we're at, at midnight based on the crash that we've seen over the last month. It's been uh, pretty horrible. But uh, from, from our perspective, we're, we're very early in the cycle for both materials or, or, or energy. Um, you know, if you, if you look at the clock at, at 8 o'clock, uh, you know, we're talking about rising expiration. 
we haven't seen a lot of that this cycle. We haven't seen a lot of investment in, in new supply and, and you know, where, where this cycle is different and, and uh, never trust anyone that says to you where this cycle is different, but where this cycle <laughs> is different is just that lack of investment in, in new supply. And, and that's from, from our perspective what, why we think that um, you know, we're still very early in the cycle from a, from a natural resources and, and energy perspective. Okay, so we've established both things, a little bit more to run across both the, the energies, energy and materials sector. Let's look more specifically at some of the, the underlying commodities because you've got your bulks, you've got your, your pressure, you've got your battery minerals, all that sort of stuff. Luke, where are you, where are you most constructive and where are you more cautious? Okay, uh, most constructive. Uh, again, it's been a, you know, quite, a, quite a volatile uh, month, especially for this space, is, is battery materials. Mm -hmm. You know, unlike the, uh, the spreadsheet jockeys at, at the investment banks suggesting that it's over, from, from our perspective, we're extremely early in this cycle. You know, the, the supply response is taking time and will not be easy in terms of bringing on the amount of supply that we need within the batch materials complex. And, and demand continues to accelerate. You know, we can see that in terms of the China EV sales at the moment. European EV sales accelerating, and on top of that, you know, US starting to to be you know, part of the part of the story as well. So where we're, you know, very constructive is is within that batch of materials complex. So that's lithium. Yeah, lithium, graphite in particular. Okay. Um, you know, and again, to my point, you know, there's been a number of investment banks that have questioned where we are at this point in the cycle. But from our perspective, um, you know, price is telling you the, the the contrary to that discussion. And, and we're still seeing you know, these commodity prices strengthen at the moment. Yeah. Maybe an area where we'd been you know, somewhat concerned through the course of this year, you know, arguably you, know, you could throw iron ore out there. Um, you know, one of the issues that we've seen play out through the course of this year is, is China, yeah. you know, and clearly you know, China managing COVID or, or uh, you know, COVID zero policy, and, and that's really slowed the economic backdrop for, for China uh, through the course of this year. But that doesn't mean that we're not constructive on a look forward basis, right? You know, um, China set the tone for you know, how they want to grow the, uh, the economy through the course of this year. And, and we think they're likely to stimulate and accelerate in the second half. And, and ultimately that's positive for construction related commodities such as iron ore. Okay, same question for you, Tom. Where are you most constructive or bullish? Where do you see good, a good outlook at, at, the, at the commodity level? Well, with global growth slowing a touch, we want to be a little bit more selective. And the two areas we're focusing on is somewhere where you have a really strong structural demand story or where supply outages are going to support the price. And so I absolutely, absolutely agree with Luke. Battery materials look really strong despite the pullback. The structural growth story is there and it is there for a long time. And are you, you um, the, the commodities specifically in that, that space, because I know nickel gets chucked in there as well. What, what are your preferred commodities there? Yeah, lithium's the most, the most straightforward way to play it in our mind. So that's the best exposure, obviously a lot of companies, so we can get into the company names as well. But I would also throw in rare earths and nickel obviously is a beneficiary as well. And then the other one from a supply story is probably LNG. So despite you might see some slowing uh, growth in terms of demand forecasts, the, the supply story there is so strong that it's hard to see those prices coming back. And then in terms of uh, where we're more cautious, it's the flip side. So is there some demand softening areas where you're actually seeing a little bit of incremental supply? And the two that I probably have to call out in the short term is probably ex-China steel and copper. Long-term copper looks fantastic, but the next 18 months, a little bit of slowing demand, a little of incremental supply, it's probably not going to get away from us in terms of commodities, our view. Okay. Um, on the supply side, we've seen um, a major disruption with war in Ukraine. Um, and keen to understand that that's um, obviously had a big impact on energy prices. Um, 
how are you thinking about that su supply side disruption um, caused by that, by, by that particular scenario? I guess it's the short term and the long term impact. So short term immediately everyone was like, what do they produce? Can we get it out? And so if you think about nickel, the price just skyrocketed. The same with aluminium, the same with steel. Now that material is still flowing out. It's finding a way to find buyers. There's always avenues for this material to get out. So those prices have normalised. What looks more sustainable to us is the energy impact. Now that's not just from LNG, but the impact that's going to have on cost curves. Aluminium is a perfect case. I mean, the gas price is causing a lot of smelters in Europe to close and that's going to push up prices as well. So from, from a Russia perspective, that's how we're playing it. We think the higher cost energy cost will feed through to the cost curve for a lot of commodities and ultimately support low cost producers. Okay. Luke, similar view, obviously major tragedy and ongoing tragedy um, having an impact on the, on the supply side. How have you thought about that particular uh, situation, how it flows through to the to the commodity side. Yeah, well, some great, great points by, by Tom, and, and I completely agree with <clears throat> the points that he's, he's outlined there in terms of you know, the core commodities that Russia has exposure to um, in terms of fossil fuels, base metals complex. You know, clearly, there's been some major dislocations of supply chains, but the product is still finding its way into the market. You know, key beneficiary of that, you know, clearly, you know, Chinese Indian buyers that are buying you know, some of these fossil fuels, in particular, at 25% discounts than, than the rest of the world. But the product is still in the market, I guess, would be the point that, that I'd sort of highlight. Yeah, it might almost flow on to, you know, the, the next question might have around what the longer term implications of what's played out within Russia, which is probably worth reinforcing. You know, I think it plays off what, what Tom also said there as well, is, is that, you know, what we saw within weeks of, of the invasion, Europe came out with Repower EU. And what does Repower EU mean? It means, a, you know, sort of reduced reliance by Europe on Russian uh, you know, fossil fuels in particular and Russian energy. So in the short term, it's beneficial to seaborne fossil fuels. It's beneficial to seaborne oil, seaborne thermal coal, LNG, you know, as Tom sort of outlined as well. So there's this near-term discussion around it being very beneficial for you know, sort of the, the ex-Russian producers of fossil fuels, where, where it's even more beneficial for, for this market as well is the changes that they're pushing through around decarbonisation. It goes hand in hand. This is energy security, about reducing reliance on fossil fuels. And what does that mean? It means that Europe is only going to accelerate this push towards decarbonisation. It's renewables, it's solar, it's wind, you know, it's hydrogen. You know, it's a whole raft of areas. You know, potentially nuclear comes into the mix there as well. And why is that important as part of this discussion? You don't have decarbonisation without metals. It's as simple as that. Okay. Well, let's get into a, a, a couple of the opportunities that you guys are finding. We'll talk a couple of stocks. Um, we have short-term issues, which we've just discussed there. There's also long-term thematics, decarbonisation, transition to renewables. Um, Luke, I'll start with you. Can you share uh, a, a tactical position that you've identified and then share a long-term opportunity that you've got conviction in? Yeah, well, well, look, I think we've we've talked around a, a range of the issues that are playing out within within the resources space, space at the moment, and, and clearly, you know, this discussion around acceleration in, in China and acceleration in, in activity, you know, within China. That's what we're expecting to play out in the second half. Mm. Clearly, market seems to be losing some patience, patience, you know, with that. But but from our perspective, Xi Jinping has set the tone, and he wants economic growth. He's managing COVID. 
but once once he gets on top of that, you know, he'll be pushing for economic growth in, in the second half. You know, so we've got a demand backdrop, which ex-China is you know, potentially decelerating, but China that's core to commodities will ultimately accelerate. On top of that, you've got this decarbonisation theme that I, I sort of highlighted in, in my last answer, which feeds into this discussion around a positive backdrop for metals as well. You know, you've got the points that Tom highlighted, and I think I highlighted as well, around a lack of investment in new supply. Uh, you know, I'm probably giving a long-winded answer to saying everything. I think. I think <laughs> well, can that, I, can I, think I pin you on it? Can, I, I, can you I, give me a couple of names, yeah. a short-term name on the maybe that China theme and a, and a longer one? So, like. so commodities couple or, of, or, or stocks. stocks. So, so again, if we'd call out, you know, the battery materials complex as, as a an area that we feel has been unfairly treated through the last month, that the demand backdrop is is accelerating and the supply response is taking time. You know the the most obvious names within that complex that we'd call out, all chem would be one. You know, this combination of Galaxy and Oricobra that um, you know, has played out, you know, developing, you know, sort of three growth assets that puts it on par for, with, um, you know, some of the uh, the major producers out there. And, and another, you know, within that same complex would be Sarah Resources, you know, graphite producer in the natural graphite space. Um, yeah, the synthetic graphite price continues to strengthen on the back of the energy crisis, on the, on the back of high petroleum prices, and it feeds into a positive backdrop for what is a more opaque commodity, but ultimately feeds into a strong conviction within you know, that name as well. Okay, great. Tom, same question on, for, for you to finish up. Uh, a tactical short-term position. Um, and maybe something that you really like longer term, a couple of stocks to, to talk us through it. All right, tactical is lithium. As, uh, as Luke mentioned, there was a couple of broker reports out this month that basically highlighted that we're going to get flooded with lipidolites. Now, do you know what lipidolites are? No idea what Don't worry, half the market didn't know two weeks ago either, <laughs> but it's a very low grade lithium. And our expectation is that they're going to take longer to come in and they're going to be very high cost. And it is not surprising that material is coming into the market because the price is six times incentive. And that is absolutely what the commodity price is, is trying to do, is trying to get this material in. So the stocks have been completely hammered on that. And then also on the backdrop of slowing global growth. Now, here's a bit of insight. If you look at the Chinese battery materials complex, there's a whole bunch of names that I can't even pronounce, but they're integrated into the battery material complex. They peaked in November. They fell 50%. They bottomed in April. They're up 60% in the last six weeks. Our stocks look like they lag it, and it looks ripe for a big rally. Big short squeeze in lithium. Carry on. <laughs> That's right now. Sounds pretty That's tactical. right now. Very right now. Long and if you look at long term, interesting, I'm going to go with the LNG. So despite the demand outlook for battery materials and LNG probably being vice versa, my longer term pitch is on the LNG. And the reason I say longer term is because the stocks have done very well short term. Everyone's been pushing into energy, sort of covering short positions and so forth. And they might look a little bit vulnerable short term to me. They've outperformed a lot. But I think on a three to five year view, they're going to do very well. Maybe you get a better, better entry point. Okay. Well, Livewire readers voted. They thought it was closer to 11 o'clock on the resources clock. They're a bit bear more bearish than our two bulls here who think this resources rampage has more to run. Thanks very much for watching, ladies and gentlemen. Remember, if you enjoyed that video, give it a like, hit subscribe on our YouTube channel. We're bringing fresh content to you every week. Thanks for listening to Buy, Hold, Sell, brought to you by Livewire Markets, Australia's number one source of expert investment analysis. Register for free at livewiremarkets.com to discover more exclusive investing articles, videos, and podcasts.